0: She loves herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of She Loves Herself the Podcast. Guys, it's Friday, which means I have a new guest with me. We are on episode three of season 10. And I'm your host, Jill Ritchie, and I'm excited to be here. Um, I recorded this episode with this guest. Um, Oh, it was probably almost six, seven weeks ago. So I'm so excited to have this episode come out. Um, This guest I have on today is no stranger to the She Loves Herself podcast. Oh, no, no. She has actually been on the podcast before. In fact, she was on the podcast in season four and she brought so much wisdom and knowledge to the space. And I know that so many of the listeners loved that particular episode. Um, It was a no-brainer for me to ask her to come back on because much of her teachings um, I have referenced within the Intuitive Psychology Association training. She is an expert in her field. She is an expert in all things trauma and nervous system regulation work. She is someone who is um, a guide, um, a teacher and a mentor to me, someone that I really respect in the industry. And it is the one and only Irene Lyon. And today in this episode, we are talking about fight, flight and freeze response. We're talking about how you can recognise each of them and work with them to heal your life. Um, And it's a powerful episode. We also dive into the world of plant medicine too. We drop a few love punches and truth bombs in there. We don't really hold back. Um, but hopefully you get as much as I got from this episode. It's great to get experts on who really walk the talk and Irene does just that. But before we go into this episode, I want to make you aware that I am still enrolling to work with a small group of women to help support them, to coach them, to mentor them, to help them to unblock and manifest from a place of passion, purpose and authenticity. Um, it's a three-month program. It's called The Empowered Women Authentic Success. I've been running this for nearly four years now. This is the only time I'm going to run it this year. It's three months. It's a blend of online training, online teachings and lessons that you will work through and live coaching with me as well. On top of that, there'll also be a one-to-one with me. um will be in a small, intimate WhatsApp group as well. It's your ultimate unblocking and accountability and magical manifesting space. So right now it's got £1,000 off it. It was £1,995. No, yeah, it was £2,995. £2,995, Jill. It's down to £1,995. You're saving £1,000 on it. This is the lowest price it will ever be. This is a birthday special because it's my birthday this month. So if you want to do this or if you want to inquire more about what's involved, do not sit on the fence. This is the last time you're going to get it for this price. Um, email me hello at jill-richie.com or you can visit the website wwwjill richie Dot com. I will drop the link in the show notes. You can also find me on Instagram at Just Jill Coaching. This offer ends at midnight on Wednesday. Now, I've already taken this offer down. It was 2995 It was down to 1495 That ended on Wednesday this week. And a couple of you jumped in and took advantage of that offer. Still got a £1,000 off it, but it's going to go back up again. To two four nine five at midnight this Wednesday. So, if you want a thousand pounds off it, now is the time. Okay, let's go into this episode with the incredible Irene Lyon.
0: She loves herself with Jill Ritchie.
1: So, welcome back to "She Loves Herself" the podcast. The incredible Irene Lyon. Irene, welcome back! Yay! Thank you. It's good to. I mean, we're
0: we talk quite often, so it's good to talk
1: officially it is good when I voice note you're like yeah hey, I love that Scottish accent
0: <laughs> I, I have a you know I have a sweet spot for it. I spent some time in your neck of the woods with my first husband so
1: I know well yeah. thank you thank you thank you so much for coming back on you're and welcome it was never a you know are never not going to happen unless you said no so I was always wanting to get you back on and um, for those of you who have never um, heard of Irene before you need to go back and listen to the the last time she came on the podcast and I want to just share like um, I have learned so much from Irene over the years and so much so her work and it was a huge part of when I created Intuitive Psychology with Sarah, we really wanted to showcase Irene's work within mm-hmm. it as, you know, as one of the teachers that that I've learned from. And Irene, I want to just say, like, the students that we're working with just now are halfway through and um, mm-hmm. their diploma and they're, like, messaging, like, oh, my God, Irene's amazing. Our work's amazing. <laughs> so there you go. There's some feedback.
0: Thank you. Thank, yeah. And thanks to the students who are taking it in. It's very important.
1: It is important, and I was first introduced to you by one of my teachers and mentors, Laura Pringle, years ago, who I absolutely um, love and respect and, and definitely in this industry for all of the right reasons. And so whenever she tells me, you know, watch this work or listen to this, it's like, yeah, I totally trust what she says. And actually, speaking of trust, we were talking before we started recording about trust in ourselves and i when i talk about you i introduce you as like the queen of trauma the queen of nervous system work and yeah. um, and it's something personally that i've really learned to trust within myself um when i started my journey at the very beginning it was it was like okay outsourcing almost and and thinking about other people that know better than me that know more than me that actually know what's best for me more than I know what's best for me and very quickly when I was introduced to your work and working with Laura it was all about actually really trusting ourselves trusting mm-hmm. our bodies and mm-hmm. um, rather than thinking that there's this silver bullet out there that can fix us and that can make it all better yeah
0: yeah well if we think about when we were little sometimes we needed someone to make it all better you know i mean your mother i don't have to be a mother to know that that's what children need they fall they hurt themselves they're scared typically they run to their mom or if the father is the primary caregiver or a nanny or whomever is their attachment yeah and Yeah. You, you scoop them up. You say, Oh, you're scared. I see, you know, you're scared or you've hurt or you're crying, you know, in a, in a good scenario, you would allow that child to express, Mm -hmm. emote. Um, You would connect with them. You wouldn't tell them what they're feeling is wrong and that would make it all better.
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: It's that we would, the fancy word is that co-regulation Now, if the primary caregiver is calm, one might say regulated and empathetic and loving and touching in a really secure, contained way, um, that little person will sense that big person's physiology, they'll feel safe, and then their um, nervous system chemistry, the, the wirings within the vagus nerve and the gut, and I mean, all the things, it matches that regulation and then they they come down right imagine you don't have that which is so true for so many humans on this planet you're looking for that safe haven you're looking for someone to make it all better and either they're not there because they're at work that was our generation you know 80s everyone was working and kids were just hanging out which had its benefits as well i will agree um but then but what if that person the the caregiver is there and they dismiss the need for that little one to have connection and safety or when they do connect it's done in a way that's kind of false and fake Mm -hmm. because the mother or the parent or the caregiver doesn't know they're just kind of it's like they have a, a piece of paper okay you know little Johnny's uh, scared or hurt. I'm supposed to do these things. Like Mm -hmm. they kind of know they're supposed to do these things, but they don't, it's not coming from an internal knowing. Yeah. Back to that word trust. It's just not there. And it's not, we can say that it's not that person's fault because chances are they didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all these different scenarios where we see how, and that's just one situation because then there's real like, like serious abuse. Some would, some would say that that is abuse, but there's variations. There's valences. If I use that word from chemistry, like some things are just a little more heated than others. However, that lack of good attunement, it does lead to some serious side effects later in life, like not trusting ourselves, not knowing how to soothe ourselves, not knowing how to find our center because our center was so terrifying Because no one taught us how to come out of that terror due to lack of co-regulation. And so this is where people will source regulation from external things, hence the world of addiction, Mm -hmm. hence the world of substance abuse, Mm -hmm. of risky behavior, as we were talking about before we recorded the plant medicine community, but even... You know, practices, I, I was that person that was into adrenaline sports. It, it gave me that thrill because I was in so much freeze, so much functional freeze. So I needed to jump off of a mountain to feel alive. Yeah, to get ahead, almost. You know, mm-hmm. and and while I enjoyed those sports, I do ha- I have good memories of them. I'm always assessing like, wow, I must've had an angel or many, cause I should have died in some of the things that occurred. And I have friends from that era that did die. You know, this one kid that was my a little younger than me, we both started flying at the same time. He, he, he had an accident and died about 10 years ago, you know? And so that's a long way of saying trust. Like how are we trusting ourselves It comes back to how were we treated when we were young?
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like when I speak to people, there is that real fear of trust in themselves. Yes. Yes. I think that, um, I find Mm. even as I'm thinking right now, when it comes down to it with clients and students and, um, even friends, we mm-hmm. really struggle with the trust thing, like yeah. the oh, you know, I, I don't trust myself, or it doesn't feel safe to trust myself. Yeah. And I think the safety thing is huge for mm-hmm. so many people. When I when I think of the work I've done on my my own self, it can feel unsafe, you know, whether it's in an environment or whether it's to speak or whether it's to put myself forward or and people would look at me and be like, oh no, you're not like that. And I, you know, it comes up in the body and it starts to sort of, the body can start to shake, the heart starts to race or it's like my body has a reaction. And I I know I'm not the only one. There are so so many people, Irene, that have this. And I know the work that you do, you're so passionate about it as well. But it's like how, if so many people are struggling with this, how can we help people to Mm. lean into that to to trust themselves to start to rather than outsourcing or numbing out returning to self into center to start to be able to be with the discomfort of their feelings to be able to understand because i think sometimes people don't understand oh it's just the way i am
0: yeah
1: it's me it's my personality yeah you know
0: one of the things that i think is the culprit or one big culprit to this scenario you just had of um heart racing nervous butterflies in the stomach you know we could think about a a presentation I mean what did they isn't it true that someone um the number one fear that people have is public speaking I don't know if that's still accurate but it
1: probably I mean I still get nervous like can I speak I don't know if you do, but I, I still get the It
0: comes up. And I mean, it. I'll, it's interesting because I think personally, it's because of how we were treated in public school. At least I went to public yes. school. And there's no camaraderie in what they made you do in elementary school when you had to speak in front of your peers. There was no... Um, community. It was everybody sitting in their desks, and you have to go up to the front, and the teacher is usually behind you, at least in my school, that the desk was always like in the corner. And it it just was terrifying. Like there was no initiation. You went from playing with arts and crafts in kindergarten and doing really basic things in, say, maybe grade one and two, and then all of a sudden, you're like put on the spot to read. Um, a piece, pieces of a book, or in grade seven and eight, we had to read Shakespeare. It was just ridiculous what our teacher made us do, and you know, for some people who just weren't comfortable reading because of God knows what other things, it it was terrifying. Um, and so, and then there were some people that were fine because they were they performed. You know, you could tell maybe that at home there was a bit more expression. Um, And they'd had no trouble, but how do you know? I mean, maybe inside they were completely terrified and they just had a better way of dealing with that energy and moving it out, like no one knows. But what's interesting when you ask, do I feel that? I felt that the first time when I did a presentation, this was so long ago, Jill, this would have been in like 2005 before I got into any of the trauma work. And I was doing a presentation to about 500 people in a conference setting talking about Feldenkrais. And it was a sports conference and it was my jam at the time. And I was super stoked to have been asked and I submitted an abstract. And so I I walked up and no word of a lie. The moment I got to the podium, I started to feel like I was going to pass out. And I couldn't hear and I could not speak. And I eventually did. But I, at the time I, I'm like, holy cow, what is happening now? I know what was happening. My system was in overwhelm. It was in so much sympathetic fight flight, but I didn't know it. It's like I was keeping that tiger inside inside while I was waiting for my turn. Cause I didn't know how to be in my center to go back to your element there. And I got up and I could feel myself getting a little woozy, which is the freeze response was about to come in and make, you know, it's the passing out, like when someone sees blood and they don't like blood, they pass out. So I was feeling a little bit of that. And I'm not sure what snapped me out of it. I think it might have been someone in the audience maybe said something. I don't know. I, I wish I could go back and remember what occurred so that I wouldn't pass out and i'm not a kid that passes out i'm not a person that like i'm i've never passed out so that's why it was so strange to me mm-hmm. um but i was essentially experiencing deep fight flight terror freeze response came in and then something snapped me out of it i got back into more what we would call ventral vagal social engagement and then my heart calmed down so that happened And I didn't think about it really that much until recently, because all of the videos I do and I speak and teach in person never had any fear up until about a couple years ago. um, I noticed when I would go to press play on like YouTube live or I would do some Zoom calls with my membership, I would I would feel it but it wasn't because I was scared of what was happening. And it wasn't because I didn't know what I was talking about. It was this, this is how we feel freeze come out of our system. So I was starting to sense the underlying survival stress that was probably in my system since I was born, since I was a kid, since I did all these sports, like not once Jill, did I ever really remember feeling fear when I was flying, when I was skiing, when I was rock climbing? Um, If it was there, I felt it in a microsecond and then I froze it. I like got rid of it. And so in this interaction with the computer, it's, you know, the energy's on you, you're there to perform, you're there to teach. And then this stuff would come up and it would just be like, where did this come from? And um, that is a sign of often old survival stress. So when someone is like, I feel scared, as you said, this this is nerve wracking. I don't know if I can do it. It might be the current moment that is triggering that, but often it's something old, not always. But often it's something old that's that's sort of bubbling up that was never dealt with in the past.
1: Yeah.
0: And until you are in those situations, you might not know that you have so much stuff stored inside um, because you might not be public speaking, you might not be teaching a class or whatever. One thing that does happen to a lot of people that I, I saw when I was in private practice and I still see now and hear now is if someone has a really um, life-threatening accident or something just floors them in their life, you know, maybe they lose a loved one really suddenly, um, they get injured, they have, car accident seems to be one of the bigger ones. Um, and what it does, Jill, is it essentially cracks them open. And because the the impact, whether uh, mental, emotional, or physical, or all of the above, is so massive that the system can't contain all that survival energy. So not only does it feel the survival energy of that accident in the acute moment, it is like, oh, cool. (laughs) This is so big that we can't contain the fear of this accident or the, the, the grief of this loss we're going to bring out all the old stuff that was never felt wow and some people will go some people will have psychosis you know this can this can lead to some serious mental breakdown but it also can lead to serious chronic illness because all the the holding in it's like the body just can't and so the person's gut goes off their immune system goes off they're in fatigue they're in pain. Um, like so much pain. Um, And that's one of the things I've been working with the last three years is all the muscle tension that I never felt in all of my career as an athlete. Like it's mind boggling to think, you know, when you have a workout and you feel some tight muscles and you're like, or you go for a hike and you're like, oh, I can't sit on the toilet because my hamstrings are so sore. (laughs) You know, imagine 25 years of that and never feeling that
1: and then it, it just all starts what's that it's got to go somewhere so we so we suppress it I'll be like holding yeah. all of that we hold it
0: and it holds in our tissues and so when someone has these deep chronic pain fascial tension things going through their body wherever it might be um, it makes no sense to the medical community because it's like you didn't do anything yeah you didn't you, you didn't go it rock climbing for four... to
1: them because then they start to think oh I, I'm crazy there's something crazy I'm mad and then that's another thing isn't it it's like exactly I'm, what's wrong with me I see this a lot with people with their mental health starts yeah. to really take a hit yeah
0: yeah like it's um this this level of like this is where you could say the human being is so exquisitely built because we can hold all this stuff, i mean, and I wasn't like for if I use myself as an example, I wasn't a lazy twenty year old or thirty year old like I did a lot of stuff i traveled i was i was social, i had really good relationships, i studied, i trained um you know, I got a lot of good stuff, but in my body was all this stuff, all that and we would call it anxiety, but it's survival stress um, holding inside and, and the terror and fear of certain things that occurred when I was a kid and a baby and in utero. And you just go, so one could look at it and go, Oh my goodness, (laughs) this seems impossible, but you can also go, Oh my goodness, the body is pretty darn smart to still be able to continue to go with all this baggage And so this comes, I'm going to wrap it back to what we were talking about before we press record. We want to make sure that that, if we call it baggage, but it's really stored survival stress that can be in all of the organs, the tissue, the mind, et cetera, the emotions. We want to unpack that baggage slowly Yeah. because if we open it up too quickly, like the case of someone who has a severe car accident or a sudden loss in their life, you might not be able to, you know, think about that. If you have all these suitcases, Mm
1: -hmm. just had
0: this vision of, you know, you go to the airport and the the luggage comes out. Imagine if they just dropped all the luggage, like from the top, like Mm -hmm. in a pile, it would be chaos. So it comes out, you know, on this belt and people wait and slowly the luggage comes off the belt that is, you could say, a a nice titrated way of people getting their luggage. But so often, um, people get into these situations where the luggage just drops out of the sky, and you don't know how to start picking it up. And that's what can happen when we get into certain situations that people voluntarily sign up for, to do these retreats, to do these ceremonies, to do, do these plant medicines, to do these Um, you know, 10 day sits, and nothing against them when done with proper knowledge, and there's already foundation on board. But so often, as you shared, people go in there, and they don't realize that the luggage is just going to drop out of the sky. And then the system is too overwhelmed to handle it and pick it up. And then it's just a mess. And you either go one of two ways, you 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 get overwhelmed and chaotic with that mess. And I'm really oversimplifying this, but for the yeah. sake of our time, right? Or you shut down and dissociate because it's too much. You you go into that kind of deep freeze response that's still functional, but you, you don't realize that you have just put another layer of survival stress onto your system.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah. to go back to the idea of this trust, how do people find it? we have to also see why is it that we don't trust? Yeah. Because it's someone who is very skeptical of the world and people in it because their upbringing wasn't safe. You can't say to someone, I need you to trust. Like they have to, they have to be shown a reason and understand maybe why they don't trust Mm 1st so that they can realize that they're not broken because they don't automatically trust someone who looks fun and safe. Like someone might say to someone, Hey, I'm safe. And the person's like, no, you're not. How do I know? You're not going to like pull a knife and stab me. Sure. You're you're feeding me a nice meal, but I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So someone with early trauma who has all this, we could say baggage to go back to that example of the, like, they're just like, I don't trust this because why would I
1: for sure I think you mentioned a couple of things there when we we don't know um I think awareness is really important um Mm -hmm. having an awareness of yes you know not not getting too sometimes sometimes we can get too in the story stay in the story stay in the story stay in the story right Mm -hmm. but having an awareness yeah. It's so much, I think, self-power back because it's like, ah, right. Okay. I'm so aware of how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe why that happened. Why is
0: this here? Or, yeah.
1: Why is this here? That understanding and acceptance sometimes, not acceptance, yeah. say what was okay, but acceptance of, you know, yeah, okay, I accept that I feel this way because of that. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean we need to stay in it. But when we have that acceptance, we then have sometimes it feels like more of an understanding stroke moving into choice of okay what do I want to do with this awareness now mm-hmm. like now I have this awareness what do I want to do with it
0: mm-hmm. giving
1: someone almost the, the keys to their own inner like, yeah it's like do I get to choose you know I, yeah. I get to choose and it's it's so beautiful because yeah. we realize that when we we can understand or have awareness or whatever as then moving into that okay now I know that I have a choice maybe of that I maybe didn't have before mm-hmm. what do I want to do with this awareness now what do I want to do with this can I can I have a choice can I do something with it and it just starts to kind of lift that veil maybe just slightly of hope I guess of what I can do and things things can be different you know you mentioned Irene about Public speaking,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I think this is such a probably is still the number one thing because I remember I used to love performing as a kid, yeah. and I loved like entertaining and being fun and used to do dances for all my mum's friends and I used to make mm-hmm. up plays and all that. So I was a really confident young young kid, but as I started to sort of go into the world of high school and like mm-hmm. school, your school when people made fun of you or weren't yeah. maybe nice and then I remember going into a work environment and it was one in probably my first jobs and it was really poorly and this is when you kind of got made to work when you were sick that's another thing yes, like, you know, yes. like oh, really sick yeah but you have to go to work right so yep. I mean, I shouldn't have probably been there. I was probably passing my germs on everyone. But it was this seminar and this guy was a trainer and he was going round everyone. There was maybe a 100 people. And I wasn't really listening to what he was saying because I felt really ill. And he Mm -hmm. must have known it. So he got me up. Oh, Jesus. To repeat back what he had said. And my... Old body I I did what you did I I, because I felt ill as well I had like flu like I should not been. everything went silent around me and everything went echoing I thought I'm actually going to have an accident like I felt like I was either going to spew it was going to come out either other the other end I was like I'm actually gonna like pass out here yeah it was pure shame I felt such shame and ever since that happened that's been a thing for me where even speaking if we're going around in circle and ceremony like in a circle women's or circle when I have to say what my intention is before it comes to me my heart and people wouldn't believe that about me but I shame it all my heart's going because it's almost like you're going to be shamed you're going to be seen you're you're going to blank you're not going to I know I'm not the only one and when I go back to like where is that from It, it is a fear of being seen a fear of being shamed you know and and my body still has not that physical reaction that was as bad as that no but I have an awareness of where it is and I have to say to myself you're saving so much of the time for me personally I have to close my eyes when I'm speaking because it almost brings me into my heart space whereas I'm not looking for validation I'm not looking for the cues and I think if I just close my eyes and I speak from my heart I'm okay it's, it's truth, it's authenticity. I'm not saying what people think I should say. I'm mm-hmm. trying to please someone or say what I, sh- you know, mm-hmm. what the right thing to say. But I know so many people struggle with being seen because it feels scary to be seen. It feels like they're going to be laughed at or, yeah. Same. And also of being seen as something good, you know, your eyes are on you. And when people validate you and say, that's really good it comes with another sort of fear of well other people don't like me I've had that before that's come up like you know people will hate me people don't like me I'm a show-off you know all these little things of what and it does you know what my point here is like going back to incidents it's not always childhood but a lot of it is you know you're you're you're, you're, such a show-off or stop showing off it doesn't make people feel good and you're too loud or yes. these yeah these little stories you know someone a friend of mine asked me actually today she said when you work with people what would you say is the biggest thing that is the, the when, when you, you unlayer so when we unlayer like what's underneath it all and I said to her honestly I would say like 95% maybe even more it's something from childhood mm-hmm. you know it's something that happens mm-hmm. even though they don't think it they'll be like mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I was loved, but it's this feeling of I'm unlovable. Even though on a Mm -hmm. on a surface level, on a conscious level, they're like, Well, I know I was loved. That doesn't make sense. So we tell ourselves, oh, you're making it up, you're crazy. But when we unlayer, it could have been something that was even quite small. Yeah. But in a moment, it's like, well, actually, being all of me, being all of Jill or being all of whoever it is. If I was to be my fullest, most expressed version of me and in my total authenticity and just say what I want, I'm not going to be lovable. So I filter and I put a a layers on and protect myself. And I think so many people feel that. Like I said that to my friend today. I'm like, I'd seen so many people that I've worked with. Mm -hmm. Irene. it's that I'm not lovable when I'm fully me. I don't know yeah. what you'd experience of that as or your thoughts I'd love to hear.
0: Well, I think that the word love is kind of misconstrued because a parent who abuses their child still loves them. Yeah. But they don't know how to not express that level of, you know, disjointed expression through whatever abuse it might be, whether, you know, it, I mean, it sounds sick, but physical, sexual, emotional, like they would, if something, if someone were tried to, trying to harm their child, it's very possible that they would protect them. But, you know, so we know, like, okay, let's just say parents love their kids, but the thing that occurs is it's those misattunements. Mm-hmm. If we go back to that example I gave before with the kid who, you know, hurt themselves or scraped their knee. If if you don't feel, it's very energetic. Yeah. It's very deeply cellular and, and almost, it's a universal love of no matter what you do, you are perfectly fine and good and whole. And yeah, you just burned the house down. And you're gonna, you know, we're gonna say that wasn't right, but we still love you. Yeah. And- there's so many instances, I think, where we're never going to remember the things that occurred that gave us a little hit of I don't know if I'm totally accepted.
1: Accepted, yeah. I think
0: accepted might be the better word.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I
0: don't. I don't know if this. Mean, I'm. This is accepted. Ex- and I mean, my husband grew up with this, hearing his father say you that is not acceptable over and over and over again and i mean here's a tiny little example this was a a story i have from years ago but i was in a park near where i used to live and there was a little boy he was maybe five four with his dad in the park and it's a pretty big field with trees around the edges and it was very clear that they were trying to get to maybe the car to go somewhere and the kid wanted to, to he, the kid went to the tree and touched it, hugged it. Like he just was drawn. He's, and he's like, daddy, come. And daddy's like, no, we have to go. Like, come on. And I was walking kind of the other way and I saw this happen. And in my mind, I was like, okay, five, four, three, two, Cue crying. Kid starts crying because his impulse his awareness within himself, he was expressing a need, I want to touch that tree. And at that age, kids, humans were so much more connected to that energy of the world of the forest of the animals, you know, watch a kid play with the most mundane thing in the forest. And it's not because they're just kid; it's because they're still connected to that earth energy. So here's this little kid just wanting to touch the tree. Maybe he wants to ground because we know that healthy electrons, you know, come through you when you touch trees and dirt. And here's this father who's only worried about the agenda of we have to go. And he can't see that innocence and the medicine that would offer him, that the kid and maybe himself, if they had, if he had just gone to that tree, Jill, for not even 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. The boy would have been felt that that met. Papa's here to be with me and he sees that my need is important. And they probably could have stayed there for less than 10 seconds. He would have been fine and they would have left and there would have been less of a stress response. Mm -hmm. So like as small as that is, that is something that disrupts the bond between a parent and a kid and makes that kid go, you don't accept me for what I am expressing and needing and it goes even to like the food games that parents play with kids but it also starts with how pediatricians say things like don't let that kid eat this till this amount of time or it's like actually kids are meant babies are meant as soon as they can start to chew they can eat whatever we eat Mm -hmm. that's healthy of course (laughs) don't don't give your kid a Slurpee or a bag of Doritos, (laughs) (laughs) but you know if you're eating a potato or an apple or a piece of meat or a scallop, like you know, and but we're like, no, you can't have that, you know. Mm -hmm. Or a kid wants a bit more of something. Again, granted, it's whole food. It's like they're probably craving that, um, or you know, finish all your dinner. If you don't finish all your dinner, you're not going to get to watch television
1: or. Get oh the God. Treat. Right. there's so many parents going i've done that i've done that. well yeah i've it, done that though i i'm total transparency i've yeah. done that. like you i have. have not we uh, i've shared this a lot we parent the kids different now from doing my own work yeah but i honestly it's learned behavior right it is it's learned really? i, I was thought i was a good mom and again like going back to your point doesn't you love them yeah like, there's so many people and Going, oh my god, I do that. Is that not right? I'm like, oh God, no, oh, I've traumatized my children. And I, do you know what? I always say to people like, <laughs> I think we all do. Like if you're a parent, like like you've just got to accept you're gonna, yeah. all right? To a different degree. Like even with like I would say, well, if you don't do that, then you're not getting that. If you don't do that, then you're not getting yeah.
0: that. Well, it's a it's a it's again, it, I, I I I wanna go back to to that guy that made you try to speak when you were sick. Cause it's, it falls into that. He's trying to be a, you know, try to bully you. And I know you're not trying to bully your kids. If you don't do that, you're not, but there's a little energy of that. Like it's a threat. Yeah. If if you don't finish that, you're not going to get this. If you don't speak in front like I see you're not well, you're not paying attention because you're not paying attention. I'm going to put you on the spot. It's possible. He didn't know that you were sick. He just saw you weren't paying attention. And then that hurt him. He's like, you're not noticing me. Uh So now I'm going to make it so everyone sees you and I'm going to make you suffer for it, (laughs) you know, and you, and he sure made that work. And so, you know, I want to say that will be something to work with because that could easily be transmuted and integrated by just getting some really specific somatic work around it really in many ways getting anger energy out towards that man or annihilation energy because we don't want you to always have to close your eyes and go into your heart center when you're talking like you want to be able to do that regardless of your eyes open or closed and how dare he mess with that you know, mess with your ability to like be who you are and recognize she's sick. She's not feeling well, you know, but we also, again, with kids, we force them like, oh, you don't want to go do this? Yeah, you're going to go. We paid for these soccer game or teaching lessons or whatever, you know, and, and, but then there's this fine balance, Jill, because some people will say, well, don't kids have to learn a little bit of discipline? And I say, yes, I agree. Yeah. Uh, But there's a moment, there's like, a don't want to, where it's just like a game, whereas like, I don't want to. Like a kid will tell, like, I don't like that teacher or I don't like that coach or something's not right. And it's the ability for the parent or the caregiver to know the differences between, I don't want to, I want to just play with video games all day. I don't want to go for a walk. It's like, no, we're going for a walk.
1: Yeah, that's the difference. I think that's that's it isn't it it's actually when to trust I guess again intuitively trust this is just acting out versus Mm, something's
0: not right Right. and 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 so here's again if you sorry parents (laughs) they're like how can this woman be doing this if she hasn't had kids but if you go back to animals Cause I was raised a lot of rat, a lot of animals. Cause my parents are both veterinarians. So you get to know when an animal looks safe and you shouldn't touch them versus, you know, a little unsure, but actually they're just scared, just as scared. They're more scared than you are. You know, and you, you can feel it's that empathetic energy, right? But that's what you, you need with a baby. Cause a baby can't talk. The only way you get to know an infant is by listening to them, but also listening to yourself. And this is kind of the crux of our issue. If we look real macro with humans is if a person, this goes back to what you were saying about being in their center and being able to be self-aware. If you're ignoring the signal that something doesn't seem right with this kid. Like I've, I've, you know, I follow in various influencers on Instagram and, While I don't love people that put everything of their infants online, it's like, that's fine. And I've recently seen a few um, little, little, little people be diagnosed with like severe problems. Like one was cancer, one was something else. And that little two month old can't say, Hey mom, I think I have a tumor in my spine. Mm. But if the mother is attuned or the father, they can be like, something's not right. Right they're they seem different they seem more fussy than they should be yeah and you have to listen to that you know and and that's the part that i think we don't trust that instinct because often that instinct has already been gone from our own upbringing and mm-hmm. people not listening to us so it's like this to get this instinct back that intuitive piece that you mentioned it takes a lot of work it does um it takes more than just you know a few deep breaths and connecting to you know it it takes some massive excavating of all of the layers that we've had to put on us to survive in this world where we're not allowed to really express the way
1: we want to express Mm -hmm. so much so much and I I loved your point about it you know there's people that have experienced severe abuse and there's others that haven't but still have layers of stuff you know I, I had it and I was I had a lovely well I say lovely childhood from my mum my dad was absent and, and that that I mm-hmm. felt like that impacted me until it did until I yeah. started doing this work and then realizing why I was showing up in relationships and i certain way, me why I didn't let people get too close I thought I did but actually when I started to unlayer I was like hey this doesn't feel safe and I remember going into an experience uh, just with with sort of intuitively and it was like, love is, and I said, love is painful. And I went, oh, yeah. where'd that come from? <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, here we go. But it gave me something to go, right, let's yeah. explore this now. Because if you'd asked me if love was painful, I would have been like, "Ah, oh, love no is way. it. But I was like, whoa, there's some pain in there. And when I started to unlayer it, um, mm. and that's where it's like, right, yeah. Um, you know, just really. You know, we were talking about closing my eyes, I, and for me, when I do that, it takes me out of the noise yeah. and allows me to go into my center because I don't want to. You know, it's like you said. You know, you sh- you should, but what what it does, it brings me back to hmm, yeah the truth here. What what yeah. am I? What I yeah. really versus what's in the mind? And yes. I was able to really unlayer that, but it's been a journey in in years. Years all of it to unpack and, uh, it and actually I understand it. conscious relationships. All of it is like, yeah. did I even have one before now? <laughs> Probably not. No, and and, and that and that's the, again. It's like
0: I have a saying: you know, no one is to blame, and everyone is to blame. It's yeah. like you can't point pinpoint. It was this generation on my mother's side where everything went to shit. It's like you can't. You have no idea. And that's why I think right now there's, there's so much stuff around ancestral trauma and healing lineages. And that's, that's accurate. And at the end of the day, just like working with past lives and regression work, it's what is happening now in your system
1: yeah so let's explore that because there is different layers I think when you work for me when you work on your layer then for me it was my own layers which were years and years Mm -hmm. and stuff it all comes up now a thing will happen and I'm like ah I don't feel safe and then it takes me back to something that's maybe happened but but even then it was like ancestral after that working sort of through that but when do we start to right take responsibility and say okay okay let's like let's look at now how I'm showing up because even I'm going to be quite controversial because (laughs) good (laughs) this I know like with patriarchy and all of that right and as a mum to two boys yeah I am all about I mean I was brought up by a single mum I have a sister so I'm all about sisterhood right okay but I feel like sometimes we blame a lot and we they're not even just from patriarchy but all of the things right oh it's because of this Aha, true and it's also true for this and it's also true for that but when do we start to say okay but now I'm here now Mm -hmm. I'm going to take responsibility for my part for how I treat women or men or I'm not going to keep blaming and I feel like sometimes there is a an element of that and I even watched the Barbie movie, right? Oh gosh. Didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to watch it because I felt like even without watching it, I was like, this is gonna like maybe annoy me. Yeah. So many people were talking about. I'm like, I get all of this about what's happened, Mm -hmm. but what now? How can you be responsible for how you show up now? Oh well, I'm just I I'm I'm really bitchy about women and I I don't like other women succeeding. Oh, it was because of this. Well, no, it's yeah. not. That You know, for me, I feel like, well, you're doing that now. How yeah. are you going to start to take ownership of to change the narrative and, and actually to help future generations that come after you and show mm-hmm. them a different way of being? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Irene. I just, when I watched the Barbie movie, I was like, I get that. But it's like, it was all about Barbie land, right? It was all about women. But then when they went into the real world, it was all about the men. But then that wasn't good. And I'm like, we need to bring back. Well, there's still this like difference. If We're still saying it's either all women or all men. And for me, I'm like, we need both to like uh-huh. to go and to thrive <laughs> together. And it's like, yes. we can only change when we work on our stuff. And then we heal our stuff and we, we learn how to sort of, I guess change the change the, what's going to happen in the future. If we keep blaming the past, then yeah. nothing's going to change and we're never going to feel more empowered. We're just going to keep no. blaming. I know no. people listening, I go, oh, no. I'm like, no, you know, I don't want to, like, I've got two boys. I don't want them feeling like they can't, they can't be empowered because it's got to be all about the women. Like, mm-hmm. both are strong. We need both to thrive together. Yes. And I, I mean, I also
0: forced myself to watch it on, I was on a plane. So I figured this is a good time to do this because I'm stuck here for nine hours. I felt a little embarrassed because I'm like, I hope nobody sees that I'm watching this, but of course they're going to see, because they're sitting right next to me, seeing me watching the Barbie movie. And I, I actually, I, for the first 30 minutes, I wanted to turn it off. I'm like, this is a waste of time. I don't like this. Not only was it very, you know, glossy and all fake, it was all green screen, um, except for when they were in Santa Monica um, in the real, real world. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, <laughs> yeah, I would, I echo what you say. And I felt bad for Ken. I really did. Because <laughs> I'm like, she's being a total bitch. And there's also a matriarchy. Yeah. You know, there's also, a there's matriarchs and they, the abuse that goes to children is just as, as equal between mothers and fathers. In some ways, the mothers, from my experience, have had more bad energy than the dads, not saying the dads don't do bad things, but I've had many clients who have been so angry at their mothers because they knew the father was abusing the kids and the mother did nothing about it. I have had this too with people yet. And it just, I mean, talk about not being protected and not being put in a safe space. No wonder why so many people don't feel safe around anyone because they're, pri- I mean, a mother bear is going to protect her cubs. All you have to do is watch the, the videos on Instagram of mother bears doing everything to protect their cubs and pull them out of danger and get them over fences and all these things. It's like in the in the physiology of mammals, there is this innate desire to protect your children, whether they're a girl or a boy. Mm-hmm. But in human culture, in human society, us as mammals, which we are, because of the past, so I'm going to wrap it back to this, you know, who do we blame? You know, it's like, it's so messed up. It's just not clean of, you protect your children, you teach them right from wrong, you love them and you send them off in the world. And if you never see them again, that should be okay because you've done your job, right? And so that, but that doesn't happen. And so what I do feel, and I wish this wasn't controversial, but it oddly is, is you need a man and a woman to make a child so far we haven't figured that out without the two and but there's also this idea of the masculine and the feminine energy the archetype right and you can have masculine energy in females you can have feminine energy in men my husband has a lot of feminine energy he 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 has said over and over I'm here to serve the feminine that doesn't mean he's here to serve the women he's here to serve the feminine in each person so he'll might work with a man, but he's helping that man get deep into their intuition, into their emotions. There's just as many women who are shut down and masculine who, yeah. who you know, so you get for, that.
1: For sure. for sure. And boys, like they're little tiny little babies when they're born, they're so, yeah. they're innocence and they so, need it yeah. just as much as a girl needs it. But then they take on this archetype, this role and all of yes. a sudden it's like me versus yes you and yes it really I I find it sad I find it really like I don't mean sad as I'm sad I mean I actually do feel sad deeply it's deeply sad it's deeply sad and I'm like Mm -hmm. do you know what even when women are horrible to women they blame men for that (laughs) (laughs) well you know but anytime when I've I've you know and i know like in in work environments the the difference between the pay grades and all that, and i, I don't think it is right but it's not um it's also not their their kind of current like the, the people now we need to stop blaming and 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 feeding that narrative mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Instead, if we each take responsibility for yeah. our own stuff yeah Then that's all we are supposed to do. That's all we're here to do. We're not here to take on everyone else's shit. No. Our jobs. To to, to us, we don't have to assume responsibility for anyone else. But rather than blame and we're just feeding it, if we just each take responsibility and work through our own stuff, it changes. It changes it for us. And rather than just it growing, and, you know, I've had much more shit from women than men ever I know and I know that that's not for everyone but but yeah. personally I have yeah. and again yeah. don't get the blame for that
0: <laughs> yeah well women no, are like I,
1: I, I, also this.
0: yeah two of my best friends are are men and um, I mean sadly they're both widowed and so they're raising children most of the children are now young adults and I've watched these men have to be both they've had they've had to have the emotion. The softness but they've also had to have the discipline and the you need to do this you need to clean this and you (laughs) you need to chop the wood and and do your chores and so that if i take it back to the the person um you know and and i'm not an expert in this but i've heard interesting conversations with people who are economists and sociologists and such and they say Um, a society starts to crumble when the men and the women don't get along and it strengthens when they get along and it doesn't have to mean in a partnership of marriage it can be just you know again I love my men friends and I love my female friends and it's so cool when we're all together helping each other Because I don't want to be the person who is, you know, I don't have the strength to do certain things. I mean, I am strong as more than most women, right? But some of the things are just not there, and
1: and and some, you know, it's like, why is that so wrong? But if we come back to women trying to be the man and do it all, we don't. We're different. We're not men. Like men aren't women, and we just like we have, yeah equal beautiful things that we bring like women are so powerful but they're even more powerful when they're in their their the true essence their authenticity their power you know that center like we said before and actually when um a woman can really hold her hold her truth and actually you know Work through our stuff, like we actually probably more powerful in the way that because when we can do that, the ripples of change that that can it, it, be, it's a huge effect. Yes, it a huge effect because we are very, you no, know, we're probably not all but more naturally good at communicating and being more emotional. So, actually, when we work on our stuff and we, we start to like, and we'll go into that in a minute, but mm-hmm. the ripples of change. Mm-hmm. that it can create like I know had I not worked on my stuff my relationship would not be here like what it is now of course. maybe it wouldn't be together maybe would I don't know but all I know is by me doing my stuff the ripples of change that it has had on my partner my family even my, my, my relationship with my sister and all of that yeah. stuff is because I chose it's to your work. Do that work. Now, not I know maybe not everyone will do that, right? And I, I believe it, that I'm here to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wouldn't have happened, I don't know that Daryl wouldn't have made that conscious choice to do it. But because I did, that's how powerful we are. Yeah. When we make that choice to go, mm-hmm. do you know what? I don't know how this is going to go but I'm I'm on that journey and I think more people Irene, are feeling that call to actually go inward to say okay I feel a disconnection here there feels like there's something missing okay I've got everything in my life I should be grateful I should be happy but internally there's a disconnect there feels like there's something missing and I feel like that's the call for people and I'd love to sort of you, yeah. with all of the the knowledge and and work that you do around the nervous system, like what would you say is a person's first thing that they should do if they feel that okay, I want to do something. I hear so much, right? Because there's so mm-hmm. much nervous system work, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of people jump on trains and people get sucked into it. Mm-hmm. All what do you think is the first sort of thing that someone should do if they are feeling like I want to work on my stuff or something here?
0: Well, there's so many ways that a person can begin, and I would say that that first thing that you said a while ago was that self-awareness mm-hmm. and knowing that something usually something feels off or something doesn't feel right. And I and I you know I can't give you one example exactly, but I'll hear. I know that it shouldn't be this hard. I know that I shouldn't be this tired. I know I shouldn't be um, this, uh, you know, the, the ones that are big overweight. I don't overeat. Like what is wrong with my hormones? Like this wasn't the way it was, you know, what's going on. I have no interest in getting outside. I have no interest in connection when we're supposed to connect. Like, so there's these little clues that people will give you. And then, I mean, we're recording this at the very beginning of 2024, right? And yesterday was an interesting day. Yesterday was January 1st. And having been in the healing and health world since I was 22, working in fitness first and nutrition, there's an energy at the beginning of the year where everyone's like, okay, I'm going to make this better this year. Now I'm gonna say something that might not be liked by a lot of people, but if you waited until January 1st or the last week in December to think about how you want to improve your life, you're gonna to have to work extra hard to not fall off the wagon of the adrenalized new year push of resolutions, and I'm gonna be better this year because I just I've seen it, Jill, I've seen it like fall back like it just it it doesn't work when that's your only reason is because it's completely how external is that right it's the new year I better get something in place so I want to just preface by saying that this doesn't mean that you can't do amazing things for the rest of the year but you have to be very cautious about how your mind sets yourself up to do the next thing and so the next thing I mean, it could be as simple as, "What am I going to do tomorrow?" or "What am I going to do?" People are like, "Okay, I'm going to put together a month plan." No, the moment <laughs> yeah. you think about one, the moment you think, "What am I going to do this month?" you've already failed because <laughs> you have no idea what's going to happen next week. Someone in your family could die, and that's going to throw everything
1: off. No, how you feel as well, like physically, yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. You have- Equals too, right? Especially women. Women, yeah. So, so, I mean,
0: if I'm really broad scale, the big pieces, if I just look at nervous system health, you need to get into the body. I'll be really basic first. You need to get into the body. You need to get into the environment. And you need to move your body and you need to fuel it with good stuff. So there's four things there that if you just think of those things and work on those for a year or heck the next five years, things will fall into place, but getting into the body for me, when we think about people that let's say have dysregulation and they don't trust their bodies, um, it's a thing I called, you would have learned it, but following your impulse. So what following impulse means is when you have to go to the bathroom you go to the bathroom when you have to take a drink of water, take a drink of water. When you're tired, consider not pushing. And even if you just sit down for two minutes, let yourself, if you um, stub your toe or you hurt yourself physically, don't pretend it didn't happen. Pause, feel that biology. Um, If you feel like you need to cry, cry. If you feel that you want to scream, of course in good reason and not at your children because this is where you have to this is like a whole other topic right like the other day someone cut me off really badly in traffic like to the point where if i wasn't hyper aware that way i am when i drive i would have been completely smacked and like sideswiped. And i was so mad Jill, i just and no one's gonna hear me because i'm just by myself i screamed like i'm like a like <laughs> And I, I, I had my steering wheel and I'm just like, and, and, and of course what happens, we both get to the same red light and we're stopped there and the person's right in front of me. And so what did I do? I sat in my car and I, I glared energy at them and I, I growled and I showed my teeth and they probably had no idea that I was even there, but I got that anger energy out
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: And I felt the energy, and at the end, I was like, "Okay, I'm fine." So the again, those are impulses. Like, don't go and like shoot someone. Like, be very clear. This isn't about being violent to people, but it's about the impulse of that animal energy that wants to get out. So the reason why I say follow impulse is I always go back to the babies. When you have your little baby, all you all you're doing you're feeding them, you're noticing when they pee pee and they poop, you're keeping them clean, you're keeping them warm, you're talking with them, you make sure they rest when they're tired, you let them, it's very simple. And you just attune to that basic physiology and you let their physiology do what it needs. But if we were not attuned to when we were young, we disconnect from our hunger cues from our temperature cues i feel a little sick i mean if you feel a little feverish see how the mind goes into doom and oh no now i'm not going to be able to do this. it's like why don't you just listen like oh my body is and i know there's so many theories about what this is now it's like oh it's a response my body's a little hot i'm just going to feel this and i'm not going to push as hard today and you might be surprised that if you listen and give your body a little extra whatever it might need, maybe it's nutrition, maybe it's rest, maybe you're holding in tears, you might find that the next day you never get sick.
1: Yeah.
0: right So that's following impulse and I've like I've felt this like the last little year in a bit like I've I've had a very different relationship with how I might feel a scratchy throat or a little fever and i would say 9.9 times out of 10 the next day or the that afternoon everything's so fine
1: they're just amazing and again not only that you're building almost trust within yourself yes it's there, there for a reason, a reason. We said it earlier like people don't trust themselves that's because we yeah. don't listen to the cues and the more even those little subtle cues like, I want to have a shake right now. I want to have a tantrum. I had a tantrum the other day, actually. I yeah. was jumping down like something. Yeah. Like, I yeah. feel like a kid. i like, Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: But it does. It's just a release without being in the head, without overthinking and judging. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's like, and it builds that trust. And we're able to then yeah. notice, is this environment somewhere I want to be right now? What does my body feel like right now? Well, it's actually the word, I need rest. And it's amazing how we can start to really strengthen that relationship with ourselves when we start, like you said. Feeling
0: it, noticing it, exactly. And you start to even notice weather. Like I can tell when a big system is coming in, like I get a little achy in my head, like big rain system, clouds, because it's the pressure. Like we can feel things like barometric pressure. Like this is what we're supposed to sense. But I mean- we could go on and on about that. But yeah, impulses so important. And don't underestimate the power of just listening to when you have to go to the bathroom, when Mm -hmm. you're hungry, or when you're not hungry. Again, we have so many rules around eating. Uh It's like, if you're not hungry at lunch, don't eat lunch just because it's 12. But again, the school system, the work system, you have your lunch from 12 to one, no matter what,
1: I know it's so funny even with breakfast like I've definitely got much more connected to the intuitive eating and and even my partner will say oh to the kids even right so we had this thing this year last this year no last year it was last last year year. (laughs) where where, uh, Daryl would say to the kids you can't go to school until you've had your breakfast it's the most important meal of the day and I said to him they don't want it like they're not hungry and he's like but they need breakfast I'm like and in a nice way I'm like but who says he's like well that's just the rules I'm like who buy like, <laughs> are you gonna make them feel sick like they don't need yeah. if, if they feel like in their wee bodies mum I'm really not hungry like okay and he's like why are you not bothered I'm like why are you yeah why are you again it goes down because that's what we were told to do that's yeah. the right thing to do yeah. and actually it's like we're, we're we're teaching them not to trust themselves yeah by ways the right way and a lot of the time as parents we our way as they they're not emotionally as mature yeah. right had the, yeah the life experiences in the the human world that we live in unfortunately, mm-hmm. unfortunately for them but you know so we we do know um a mm-hmm. lot of the time as, as a mum too sometimes we know what's best but when yeah. it comes to that I've really changed my thought pattern on that I'm like oh they're not hungry like on the- Why force them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very interesting thing. And if we think about the way we might have grown up on the plains, hunting, gathering, you know, our meals weren't, weren't structured in the way that we structure our meals, you know, the whole fast and feast concept. You know, when there's a harvest, that's when you're eating more when it's summer, you're eating a little less, you're in more sunshine. I mean, this is the whole circadian health piece. And kids are quite intuitive with that. Um, I think, and I'm not saying this is for you, Jill, but for a lot of kids, I think they know what healthy eating is. And if parents don't understand it, a lot of the times kids don't eat their dinner because what they're eating is crap. And so, you know, this thing where kids actually, if they're just not played with with food games, and they're given healthy whole foods with plenty of fat and plenty of salt. Ah. Um, they'll eat it up. we are told not to give them, right? Yeah, butter, salt, protein. Like, like, they want that. Their brains need it. We need, you know, we need um, electrolytes. We need salt. We need these things that we've been told are so bad for us. So that's a whole other, you know, um, piece there. But I want to go back to the other piece So, following impulse and then connecting with the environment, which, again, is that classic learning how to orient and how to explore the environment. Again, when we're so disconnected from ourselves, we're often disconnected from the world around us. And not only is there a lot of beautiful stuff to see in the world, if we think about nature and art and all these things. It's also um, a protective mechanism. We want to be able to see what's around us. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, especially in the cities, you look around and nobody is looking around. <laughs> you know, they're on their, they're literally on their phone while they're waiting for the light to turn green. And if you watch people, half the time they'll miss the light to walk across because there's so, and then they go, oops, I've missed it. And then they push the thing and then they have to wait another cycle. Or they step out on the curb, looking at their phone, they don't see a car or a bike that's coming their way. It's like, that shouldn't happen. So there's this this need for us to get back into the environment for safety reasons. That's a big one. But also, um, if things are too intense in the body, orienting and resourcing to things that we like, whether it's the sky, the sun, the trees, the water, the earth, the birds, Um, Again, it doesn't have to be nature. It could be beautiful things like paintings and good architecture, you know, that can bring us into more ease because it's not about um, disconnecting from what's too intense. It's about connecting to something else that soothes us. Mm -hmm. And then that helps regulate us. Just like if you're with kids that are a little older, at least when I was young, you would play games in the car, you know? I spy with my little eye something that's red or you try to find all the things that's you know signposts and you have these games and it's you could say that's a distraction but it's also a way of just seeing where you are you know and so often now kids are just locked to their screens
1: gaming just so addictive and you mentioned and I was thinking god my kids want to eat crap and I think that's because it's everywhere yeah and so they're like, "Oh, can we get a McDonald's? Can we get a McDonald's?" And I always feel like I'm a bit of a, you know, back <laughs> in the mud because I'm like, "No." And they'll all roll their eyes. They laugh at me. You know, oh, I'm like, "Well, the so I mean, much. <sighs> one thing to
0: play with because some I know a mom who has kids. I think the, her kids are a little older than yours. These, this, these are like, I think she's her kids are fifteen and sixteen. And she said, we, they don't want it anymore because they, the last time they went to McDonald's, they both felt sick. And, and not like, you know, dying sick, but like, you know, there's a lot of bad preservatives. There's a lot of bad oils. It's bad bread. Like, it's just Mm -hmm. like, sure. If someone has nothing else to eat, then it's calories. Great. Fine. You know, but if you have sensitivity to good food, you will feel sick. And sometimes, kids sometimes need that experience to go oh yeah, that's that but it's like what about let's make our own let's make our own mcdonald's at home let's like make burgers well yeah we you know
1: you try trying to a bit of that like our own eh, <laughs> nandos <laughs> our own nandos which is actually really really nice to be honest I, again and it goes back to like kids that see monkey see monkey do i think like mm-hmm. we used to have that like i'm listening yeah. our- It's brilliant to be honest. It could be a lot better, but it's learned behavior. Yeah, and yeah, I again, it goes back to what we're saying before, Irene. When we take responsibility individually, it creates the ripples of change, and it doesn't happen overnight. No, we've created kind of a bit of a monster. We (laughs) even like all of the stuff. So it's like the I feel like every time I unlayer a little bit more i'm able to impart that into the kids Um yeah. even the way we communicate now we'll have sit down chats like family time and it'll be like right you know when you like you hold something like you speak yeah um, and we all sit and we listen and we pass it on and so the communication of the needs is mm-hmm. starting to be more there which is really lovely and i know mm-hmm. when i start to do it they go oh, oh my god <laughs> Get now, like the gap that moms yeah. does this stuff, and yeah. but I feel like I'm making an impact, so that when they yeah. have kids, even you know they'll have choice and free will. But if I can, mm-hmm. if I, when we know better, I feel we must do better.
0: Mm-hmm. That that's what we would like. That's the that's the point. One could say the point is to keep improving and improving and improving. And it is happening. I mean, our parents weren't sitting talking about this stuff on a Tuesday morning for an hour and a half. Like we could say they didn't have the luxury No, um, and they, they, they didn't, and they didn't have the technology. So we're just like in a completely different era of humanity that has the potential to go two very different ways. because the technology is here. So I'm not someone that's say anti-video games. I don't play them myself, but it's like, again, I've watched um, adult friends who were restricted and weren't allowed any candy, for example, at all. You know, Mm -hmm. they lived on farms, everything was whole, everything was from the garden and that's great. That's beautiful, you know, but they weren't allowed the human pleasures that we've created. And that's where I go. And then what occurs, Jill, and I've seen this in more than one person, is what happens? They swing so far See? that they go excess with the treats, with the candy, with the the sweets. Think, mm-hmm. And they struggle. And it's the same with the culture, at least here in North America. I think it's probably the same in the UK where um, it's so taboo to have any alcohol. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is that you go to college and you basically get alcohol poisoning because you were never allowed to taste your dad's beer or have a little sip of wine. And then you go to college and you buy like the four liter box of wine and you just get plastered and inebriated and you poison yourself. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Whereas in certain cultures, it's just, it's just, it's not a big, it's just, it's on the table, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's not, seen as something taboo and so then we go extreme and that also occurs in fitness and health you know i'm seeing it in the somatic world somatic world i don't even like using that term anymore because i just oh, really it, you know, everywhere <laughs> yeah but it's like it's That's gone right. again it's swung so far that um oh yeah there's instagram ads that pop up on my screen oh, i I'll see I get
1: some- them too
0: It's like, that isn't like, okay, yeah, that's a somatic workout, but somatic means body and you're moving your body. So yes, you're right. That is a somatic workout, but then they're treating it like this is going to heal all your traumas by doing a bunch of downward dogs and hip openers. And most people that have trauma will be triggered by the fact that you're wearing a leotard and you have tattoos all of your body, nothing with a leotard and tattoos, but it's like, and it's like an AI voice that's mm. coming across have you seen these ads it's really interesting
1: not the ai ones I've
0: oh asked. it's like it's like a robot um vocal of of i have done this and on 28 days i am now free oh, yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah yeah
0: it's like that's not a real human <laughs> and i'm like oh so so what i'm saying with that is there's this we we tend to swing into extremes yeah and it's like, you can't stay in an extreme for an indefinite period of time, you burn out. Mm-hmm. And so this is where, you know, maybe to wrap this back to just what a person does. Um, I would say that the beginning of this work is pretty boring, because you're just noticing these basic physiological things. And you're noticing the world and you're noticing your stress chemistry. And that is the big part is you have to, to work at this nervous system level. You have to be able to sense your physiology and work with it. And if you are always breathing away a difficult sensation, it will never get better. You might manage and cope with that difficult situation, But you want to get to this point where when you feel say that fight flight energy that we talked about when we're public speaking, that we take that energy and we move it out as opposed to, I'm going to just stay calm and bring it in and work with this. Like it has to come out and whether it comes out in that moment where you're in public or it comes out later when you're working with a therapist or you're working with your own system in whatever way, um, we need to get the survival energies out and that's the part that gets really missed in a lot of these kind of more glossy looking practices and techniques yeah. um and there's just it's like pick your pick your poison there's so many things that people are doing to try to regulate their nervous system but you don't regulate your nervous system by doing a practice mm-hmm. And that's the part that's kind of been missed, just like you can't help or you can't raise an infant and teach them self-regulation by saying to that crying infant, I need you to take five deep breaths Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or one breath hold and then expel for eight seconds. You can't do that with a crying baby. You're just like you can't put a crying baby into a cold plunge you know that would be no you know, but they would shut up because they're going to go into a freeze response yeah you know and this is this is becoming popularized not that so, no one do that by the way does do not put do <laughs> <feed> your baby <laughs> in and a I'll cold keep... plunge but you i i've seen uh videos where people will um take a didgeridoo or they'll take a really loud gong and a baby's crying and they'll They'll smack it. It's the same of doing is doing the ohm sound, like really forcefully. And the baby will stop crying, but it's because they're going into a freeze response. Mm. It's a shock to the system. And if you look really close at these babies' faces, where I've seen these videos shared with me, they have a startle and then and then they're just
1: totally calm. Yeah, I've seen them actually. And really then are what you're seeing is we need to let that baby express. and
0: and then connect with With, them
1: and soothe yeah soothe because we don't
0: because the the crying baby and we know this letting a baby cry themselves to sleep is also torture to them because they're not they're they're there's maybe they're scared they're hungry they don't know what's going on maybe they have gas i don't know they're crying for a reason and so that's why you are meant to just like if a baby if a, a cub a little animal is upset the mother isn't just going to leave them by themselves like they're 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 there um but if we think about animal culture you don't see a lot of crying baby cubs or puppies or kittens and it's cuz they're always with the mother you know and when they're with scared animals. they look for the, the, the action,
1: mother it's like almost shaking off that experience or fear yeah. It leaves the body. It leaves a little body, um, yeah. and then and I, and I will be fair.
0: Like the human system is more complex than that kitten or that puppy. Yeah. But the baseline physiology is the same. There's something is off. Something isn't right. I need connection. Ah, there's the connection. There's a warm body. There's someone who's soothing me, who's touching me, who's breathing easily. Oh, I'm gonna entrain with their breath. And that's how the breath comes back. That's how they soothe, right? As opposed to fo- trying to—I f- mean, you can't—you can't force a baby to take a deep breath. It's impossible.
1: Yeah. Again, it's bringing that person. What I try and say to people is that, well, you know, for me, I feel like we are, you know, our our own best medicine when we, yeah, when we can connect to ourselves right. and understand that actually that and it's so empowering. People want to feel empowered, but they're they always power away. But actually, this this medicine comes even from understanding the breath, not just saying, "Okay, I saw this exercise, and I have to go." Yeah. <laughs> you feel certain things, and you can sort of move a lot of energy through. But actually, it doesn't. It doesn't take you in. You don't feel more connected. You may be in that moment, but you can still feel disconnected from yourself. You still don't trust yourself. And that's the things, you know, with, with, I think anyway, with plant medicines and all these other things, they don't bring you back to, oh, I really trust myself. Oh, I really trust my intuition. I trust my gut. I'm going to make this decision. Oh, I feel this. Oh, what I need is this. You know, oh, Mm -hmm. what do I feel? Ah, I feel this. It doesn't give you any of that.
0: It can, but you have to be already on that path of yes. knowing how to find yes. those
1: things. So and, you have to have the foundations
0: there. A hundred percent. And, you know, I don't want to knock breath work because this morning, you know, it was an early start for me um, here in North American time. I don't, I didn't have time to go for a walk because it was still pretty dark. So I stood outside on my grass. I did some Qigong movements and I did take a few extra deep Breath to get to just get my blood. You know, I did some movements and that's therapeutic. That yeah. is me. I'm not scared. You know, I'm looking forward to talking to you. It was to get my energy and get my body moving because I literally, you know, came from bed to some food to, you know, getting dressed. Okay. I need some energy. That's very different than um, um I'm feeling this massive terror. But here's the thing, Jill is if someone doesn't have the foundation to be Mm -hmm. and stay with the terror or the bad memory or the the pain in the gut that isn't because of food, it's like an old trauma that's coming through. If they don't know what to do, then I would say, yes, take a breath, do some tapping, Mm -hmm. you know, shake, do some fake shaking, you know, because I say fake because what I do right now, this is fake. I mean, it's active, but I've been in and maybe you've been in real trauma releases where it is just coming and it kind of looks like a
1: seizure. Your whole body is having a a reaction. And it's
0: coming from the system. It's not coming because your consciousness is telling you to do it. So if someone, right. So if someone doesn't have that, that language yet to follow that and move through it, then I say, yes, do these management strategies that might help, but. If you're learning the tools that, of course, I would teach of staying in the environment or staying connected to the ground or just tr- following the sensation and where it's moving, and then what might the movement be, if you can do that, that is where the real healing happens. Because then you're, it's the medicine. You are actually using the internal medicine. But we have, as a human species, gotten so devoid yeah. of this natural we could say shamanic medicine that is in our body because of culture and society and trauma and all the things that we don't trust go back to your word trust because we don't even remember mm-hmm. right and so it is in us just like a, a child who is given the opportunity to express when they hurt themselves they will go through this cycle of fear redness in the face tears and and then some shaking and then hopefully there's a mother or a father whoever there to help them once they're out of that but you do not want to disturb that natural biological process Um, but so often it's like oh she's shaking come on come on we better stop you we better warm you up it's like she's not cold it, it's a natural response, but again, if the parent doesn't understand that is a physiological response, and it's not because she's trying to be mean, the mom. It's like she just like, oh, you better stop shaking, honey. Come on, we'll soothe you. Like actually, she needs to shake to release that traumatic stress from the body. So you. this is, yeah, this is where like the education. I didn't, I didn't say that. That's another very important piece is because we've gotten so far away from that natural way of moving through these things, parents and non-parents, because it's like just because you're not a parent doesn't mean you're going to not come across a child or or need to help someone who's another adult on the street who's having a hard time. Like when you understand these things, you can actually be a pretty cool um, Samaritan to help someone. Mm-hmm. When you understand these physiology pieces. So to go back to your question, which you asked a while ago, what can a person do? I mentioned internal, following impulse, getting external, but the education is so important. If we don't have the education on board, we don't understand why these things might be happening or not happening.
1: For sure. Having that awareness and that gives us that self Power then again on yeah. it. The job, yeah. Yeah. Do with that. And it is massive. And I think, all, like you said, all of these tools and techniques, and there's so many great ones, are so great. And they can bring us into our body, you know, when we start to do yes like immersive breath work or even just certain movements with the jaw, jo- even with yeah. just the jaw. Yeah. The oh, like, talent. Yeah. And again, I very much for me, very much intuitively, what do I feel? That's ah, the jaw. Okay, I'm going to work with the jaw. Yeah or okay i need to tap here here, Mm -hmm. and i need to tap here and then i need to maybe just and again the Mm -hmm. more you can get into the body and that's where the exercises like are great because they they will get you more into your body then you'll intuitively start to trust what you need and your medicine is right for you and again i say that to people like it's so powerful when you can start to say i know she's telling me to do this but I want to do this yeah that's really cool like when yeah. we start to go yeah that's your way is right for you but my way is the right right way now you. this is what I have to do oh for sure for oh, sure my goodness Irene and um, you have honestly so many I could talk to you for so long you have so many and um, teachings that Mm. i've learned from and i'd love you to share it with the audience because um you're an incredible teacher and what how can people get in touch with you and start to maybe even Mm -hmm. do this work from Mm -hmm. a a place of being held by a safe teacher and with with your experience yeah so
0: everything that i offer currently is just on my site so it's just my name irene Lyon, no s .com. Um, and I mean, the, I think my team and I, we've done a pretty good job at laying out that site. There's a new here, you know, button, there's free resources. Um, obviously, if you want to know more about my history, my bio, everything is there. There's so many YouTube videos, which can be overwhelming for some folks. So what we have is we have, it's called a field guide that's again on the site and it has some theory and then it points to some key videos that I recommend people starting with. Um, the other really great video series is called the Healing Trauma Series. It was made quite a while ago, I'm much younger, but the theory is still all strong and solid. And in that three-part series, um, it's all video on, on the site, downloadable, is an audio lesson that's about 20 minutes and it's just the basics and that's where i recommend people start um and then if somebody wants to do a little deeper dive i've got two online courses that um the 21 day nervous system tune-up you can start at any time and um and then smart body smart mind is the longer curriculum that's 12 weeks and that begins at least this year uh mid-february
1: amazing so So this is that soon so lots of um time for people to jump into that yeah is it still with smart body smart mind because i know the last time before they had to do 21 day tune up first is it still the same you don't have
0: to i mean it depends when a person hears this uh 21 days is a nice kind of basic foundation to start but you do not need to do that, to start SBSM, If anything, Jill, I would say SBSM is more paced okay. and because it's a longer curriculum, there's more support. And we dive a bit more into the deeper elements of working with the stress chemistry that would be there due to early and say developmental trauma, this lack of attunement, this lack of safety. And so the lesson and all the information is on the site, but the lessons in SBSM get us into working with, say, the kidneys and adrenals, the gut, the brainstem, um, the heart space, the the movements in a way that's just a little more refined. Not that the twenty one the, the twenty one days is great, and it, some people that's all they need. And from my experience in our current Western culture a lot of the stuff we're struggling with is that stress chemistry piece from lack of attunement, proper attunement and safety. And it's so essential to be able to tune into our organs Mm -hmm. because the organs are really what is creating sensation and what is creating emotion. And if we can't tune into what we would, I would call the viscera. Yeah. Um, And that's everything from the lungs, to the esophagus, to the sex organs, to the gut, to the kidneys, the spleen, the all of that. Um, We need to get into that deep level of physiology because that's where the trauma responses are stuck. And they're also stuck in how our system, say, pumps out blood or doesn't when it needs to. Um, How we fine tune our movement to be more... um, dexterous and soft as opposed to being like kind of in this robotic way that so many humans live because there's just no flow in their bodies so it it is a very comprehensive course and the interesting thing after years of doing it um interestingly enough the one word i hear in our feedback surveys is empowered yeah. over and over and over again this was i am i now feel empowered or this was empowering and it's because you're literally giving people the drive like the the steering wheel to their car it's like you yeah. can steer this but you have to learn how the car works
1: yes i love this it's like we go deeper than the surface right where yes. and it's but it's so and it's it's not an easy journey because it can yeah. go up so it's much very, it, yeah I'm not gonna lie it's this artist, is a... <laughs> yeah. it's there many times but it's so empowering when you know and it's like hey and you know when you were saying that it made me think about like how many people I still see who are like have done so much like plant medicine or they're they're so much like doing all the things but they've still got so much trauma and I feel it from them I I can really connect it and it's big it is that missing piece Irene it's that missing oh it's 100% all of this external stuff I'm doing all the things I'm purging I'm doing all the things but it's like well really actually there's just that real disconnection to self
0: Yes. it's simple and not simple yeah for sure you know I think that's that's the part is a lot of people um who haven't done my practices at a deeper level they have a they think they know my work or what my colleagues and I do because I'm not the only one that does this stuff but I am one of the few that's put together three methodologies together um and people are like oh yeah I love your work you're doing such great work and then some of these people show up at workshops and they're they're completely they don't understand how deep and and connected and cellular it is um and it's actually not very flashy you know I don't know how to say that any differently it's really and again I always go back to the baby when you're raising a human
1: it's just this boring routine every day Everyone wants like sexy, though. They want all the bells and whistles, and you were like, "Listen, like and it's pretty boring." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but t- what, but what I'll say,
0: because I'm not really selling this very well. It's not no. that it's, it's not. It's not that it's boring. In that you're going to be like, "Oh my god, this is so boring." It's so simple, so like and, you when you, it? and when you stick with it, fireworks go off and not just scary ones but good ones like you start to feel alive mm-hmm. and people will say things like i actually feel my life energy i actually feel source in a different way i actually feel human i actually feel often people will go through a phase of i feel really weird this i feel strange but that's because they're actually coming online mm-hmm as opposed to being kind yeah. of robotic and just conditioned to do what they're supposed to do so much
1: they trust that and it's that intuitive trust again and it's like mm-hmm. uh, even foods don't resonate so much you're more yeah. sensitive to alcohol oh, yeah. food, like yeah. environments and you question more you're like hey I'm, I'm not really something not right here i not quite right here and it yeah. can conf- lonely irene it can yep. you know when, oh yeah. When, yeah, and everyone around you really is and it, it can start to feel lonely again that is why it's important you know community is great to be in a space like mm-hmm. you know what you offer as well and, and having that support in that community so that you don't feel like so ah yeah, like, yeah. A- there's more
0: of us there's more people are, are growing into it, it it's um yeah. i think for anyone who's on the path of true health it, it is going to be virtually impossible to bypass working with the nervous system. Like it's just, it it is, it is not everything, but it is a big foundation of what creates everything and creates
1: health. So that's, that's, that's the key. Amazing. Irene, my goodness. Wow. 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 Thank you so You're much welcome. always for sharing your wisdom for coming mm-hmm. on. Yeah, it's just been a great teacher. And I know that so many people will have loved listening to this thank and you. we'll drop all of your links in the show notes as well. So thank so much, Irene. That was incredible. It was good to talk to you.